Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Hey, doctors Andrea Dennis and Eva Saranovich take your pet health questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis. I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, where we um, see patients um, day in and day out, and we, we love what we do. We have, um, we're very fortunate to be able to work in this field of pets and animal medicine, and it, it take that honor very seriously. And um, you know we're actually still because of COVID um, doing a lot of curbside service. We're all talking about being safe. You know, you just probably heard the news where we're talking, looking at the positivity rates, but um, it's working, and it, I can't believe it's been working for 17 months plus. And um, we're quite busy. Um, I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago because many people have. Um, um, purchase pets or adopted pets, which is a great thing because that's one of the things that we've been advocating for the longest time of how, what a difference in our quality of life a pet can make. But at the same time, they're a great responsibility too. And that's why we are here on Saturdays to try to provide a service to you. Not that we make the diagnosis over the phone, but we help guide you, make the right decisions arm you with the right questions to ask your veterinarians and just make you smarter pet parents. And um, again, with so many of you being new, um, this is what we um, continue to do on Saturday afternoons. And uh, we used to be on a little bit later, but now we are on from one to two on Saturday afternoons. We alternate with our uh, professional um, pet trainer, and her name is Lori Fast. She was on last week. And you'll get used to that, you know, kind of alternating system. There are a lot of behavior issues that are many times medically re- related or need to have some um, medicinal component to help take care of your pet. So we can handle some of those as well. But if, um, but mainly um, talking about your medical conditions and even sometimes, well, what do I need to vaccinate my dog for here in the Northeast? Even though some of you listen online from other parts of the country, um, predominantly the calls and the interest comes from this this part of the, the country in the Northeast. And this 
show is successful with your calls. People learn a lot from each other. People communicate. I think uh, I go to a lot of the pet stores and I hear people talking in the aisles. So please um, call in. And the, we're going to open up the phone lines right now. And you can call me at 1-800-966-9842 or 860-522-9842. So our, our dear, extraordinary producer, Anthony, is... Um, standing by for your calls. So um, again, in the sooner you call, the better I can pretty much get to everyone if I can kind of plan out and see who's um, in the in the queue waiting for the call. So we will make sure that, that we get to talk to you one way or another. If for some reason you cannot get to me uh, today, then you can reach out through our website, which is Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT. Dot com and there there's a way of communicating and um, so with that said again phone lines are open so I'd love to take your t- calls about anything we have to talk about the hot weather um, at this point in time and the hot weather you know that spells troubles for our dogs cats as well because the heat and the humidity it can quickly raise a dog and cat's body temperature to dangerous life-threatening levels and some people really don't realize that. I can tell when I see what time of day they're exercising their pets. Many of you do, and I really commend you for doing it first thing in the morning or later in the evening. But those of you that kind of want to exercise them at all costs, especially if you have a young puppy, you have to be aware of the dangers that this heat does provide. Um, heat-related illnesses really are among the most common summer ailments that I treat. Uh, And it doesn't have to be that way. I've had actually some fatal situations too, Uh, even dogs that maybe were tied up under the shade, but on a day like yesterday or the day before, it was just too much for them. But if we can kind of understand why this happens with them, why this, this dogs are different than we are, even though we're hot, we're not necessarily going to die from the heat unless we know we have some other situations going on. But you have to understand that their normal body temperature is about between 100 and 102 degrees. That's their normal. And while temperatures can vary throughout a dog's body, the core temperature is what really controls the internal conditions like blood pressure, blood chemistry, and obviously the body temperature. And unlike humans, dogs and cats do not sweat. They do to a little bit, to a minor, minor degree through their foot pads. So they don't tolerate high temperatures as well as humans do. So again, how are they going to cool off? Their primary way of cooling off is through panting. And that exchanges the the warm air for the cool air. So whenever temperatures are close to a body's temperature by panting, that's just not efficient enough. It's just not going to do the job. And again, especially if you have smaller dogs or dogs that are very low to the ground, how hot is that pavement? Their paws, if that's the one place that they are sweating from and they are on a pavement that's up to 160, 170 degrees, we have to keep that in mind too. So even if you are walking your dog, let's look for some shady areas, okay? Let's look for areas that or a part of the park where the trees are providing shade uh, or you're just on grass versus the pavement. But that's something I think a lot of people don't realize. They think that those paws or those pads on those paws are going to take care of everything, and that's just not the case. So that's a little bit about why um, dogs and cats, we have to be aware of what's going on. But how 
can you tell your dog is having a problem? Um, that's going to be very important. And to know that the dogs at the highest risk are the brachycephalic dogs. And that means, you know, that short nose, the, they have a soft palate problem, um, bulldogs, Pekingese, pugs. Uh, those are the ones that we have to be particularly careful of, older dogs, puppies, and, of course, sick dogs. And any dog that has a heart and lung issue or is obese also is a, a, a dog at risk. And I always say if your dog snores, that, that's also another one that I would consider at high risk. So what we can do is if we can recognize what's going on with them, that there's a problem when we've taken our dog for a hike or they're outside in the yard, how, what can you do? First of all, take them out of the direct sunlight. And try to get to a cool environment as soon as possible. And if it's just a shaded area or an air-conditioned room or even a car, let's do that. Secondly, wet your dog with a cool water. Just if you have, Usually most of us are now, wherever we go, we have a bottle of water with us. Just put that all over the body and try to head to a veterinarian as soon as possible. The other thing is if you have a towel, wet that towel and wrap that around them. Because what we're trying to do is slowly lower that blood temperature because, um, I'm sorry, their body temperature. Because some of these dogs that come to see me, their temperature is 104, 105. But these are things that you can do in the meantime. Don't worry about trying to get them to drink water at this point. You know, again, they can be unconscious. Don't worry about that. Just mainly get them cooled off while you're trying to get them to a veterinarian. If they come to us soon enough, we can usually save their lives. But again, avoidance, being smart about this. Obviously, we're not even going to mention leaving them in a car. No dog should be in a car this time of year, period. I don't care if you're just going to, to a grocery store or you're just going to go ahead and um, you know, just get something quick. You never know what's going to happen. So I never want any dog in a car at this point or a cat. But get, as soon as you do see these issues... Because this heat stroke, which we talked about, can lead to death. They can go into shock. Get them to a veterinarian as soon as you can. So now everyone is hopefully as well prepared as possible to keep our pets safe from the heat. Um, we'll talk about fireworks a little, again a little bit later. I know I talked about it a couple of weeks ago um, having to do with 4th of July. Um, but it's worth mentioning again because we have a lot of help to help the dogs that have a lot of anxiety with with the fireworks and of course thunderstorms are never ending these days. So it looks like I have several people that would like to um, talk and I will answer your calls as soon as we get back. We have a short break and uh, then we'll come back and answer those phone calls. You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk on WTIC 1080. Welcome back. Welcome back to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. 
We're going to be talking to Bob very shortly here. Bob is um, is our first question, but then Mark and Monica, please stay stay put. Don't go anywhere because your questions are absolutely interesting and uh, will be very helpful to the others that are listening. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And um, we're here every other Saturday um, answering your pet calls and making sure that we guide you in the right direction. And we're always happy to make sure that we get as much information to you as possible. And uh, Bob, you are up first. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call, Dr. Dennis. Sure. How can Uh, I help? My daughter's got a Jack Russell Chihuahua mix, and it's very short for, I guess you would call it a flat coat. Yeah. And he's a little guy, maybe 10 pounds, 11 months old, and just wondering what is the best flea and tick protection for him. He did have a collar on, um, but he doesn't seem to like it. Yeah, you know, and that's pretty much one well, That's one of the reasons I'm not a fan of collars, and I know many people are. They're, um, you know, they're, they're can be effective, um, and especially in a smaller dog versus a large dog, but... Um, you know, again, I, I, I want to be careful because I like the oral products personally. I also like a couple of the topicals. And I would, you know, I don't know what her veterinarian is recommending, and I never want to go against a recommendation. There's, um, I actually, for our clients, we mainly use something called NexGuard. And even though there's, there, for the fleas and ticks, uh, we use heartworm or heart guard for the heartworm prevention. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, these newer products that kind of do it all. I find that some products are better for ticks than others. And because of where we live, I I, I tend to go, go towards the sides of the, the products I think are really good for ticks, especially the ticks that we have in, the, in Connecticut and the Northeast. I think they all do a great job for fleas. Please, I, I really don't have a major issue about the job they all do. But I think if she could concentrate and have that conversation with a veterinarian, what's a good product um, that we can go ahead and give um, that was really going to do a good job for ticks? Um, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't even know if this is just a coincidence, but shortly after he had the collar and he was only maybe three, four months old, he had a couple of incidents where he was throwing up. And the first time he threw up, there was little spots. Yeah. That looked like blood. He was happened to be over our house when he did it. Ooh. And then the third time, there was quite a bit of blood. Oh. And uh, we had to bring him to the emergency clinic. And they said uh, small dogs, chihuahuas particularly, have a sensitive throat lining. Yeah. Um, but so you're saying so that's why you're, you, you're thinking maybe for this, for this Jack Russell, let's avoid oral medication. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a coincidence that he didn't like the collar and he was, you know, trying to get it off or maybe licking it or whatever, or if the oral medication would be better or if the drops. I used to have Springers and I'd put them between the shoulder blades, but they were bigger dogs. Yeah, but, you know, so those, not, those still work well and with a, um, like, Frontline, right? Does that? Yeah. Yeah. So they have now Frontline, Frontline Plus, Frontline Gold. Those are, those, that product has been around for a long time and is very good, and I think it does a great job for ticks and fleas. So that would be, I think, if there's young children around or I I don't like that, you know, or at least make sure the dog is really well dry, you know, everything is dry in that area. Like if you're going to put, if you have children in the house, I like putting the products on at night. And then, so, but you know, those are still very good. I I would not worry because these, these, most of these oral medications, like when I mentioned the NexGuard, 
that's a chewable treat. They just eat it and they love it, and it's not going to irritate the the esophagus. It shouldn't. Okay. Um, but again, you know, I think um, the, you know, just arming her with some of these questions for because that is a prescription medicine too. So it's not something like I would be able to prescribe or she can get over the counter. So that talk with her veterinarian would be key. But whereas the over the count front line is over the counter. Um, okay. Yeah, and I just think I'm just not a collar fan. I, I, I just yeah. think um, if we, especially when we have these other great uh, means of controlling fleas and ticks right now. Does that okay, help? I'll let her know. I appreciate the information. Yeah, I hope I didn't jump around too much. <laughs> no, no, you gave me exactly what I was looking for. Okay, thank you for the call, All Bob. Right. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye bye now. Yeah, you know, I, I, that there's so many different choices, and I think because of that, that we have to make sure that, um, and your veterinarians, I know everyone is busy, but even their technicians and the receptionists are really well, um, it's really, really well uh, trained, and they're really well qualified in terms of being able to help guide you what they recommend. And, and again, I'm not trying to recommend one thing over another just because of, I have nothing to gain. I just know through my years of experience, and that is including decades now, um, I just know what has worked. I know what things I don't even want in my hospital because I've done the research and I've made that those choices. But things like that front, I remember when Frontline first came out, but yet it was used in Australia for at least five years before it came here. So there was a history with it. And we're talking about 20, 30 years ago. Um, but it, there, there's still good products out there. Okay, hopefully that helps all of you. So I'm going to make sure that we get to Mark. Mark, how are you? Good. How are you, doctor? I'm doing great today. I'm in the air conditioning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me and the two dogs. Okay, I, I good. Have a, I have a question about one of my dogs. Yeah. She, she is a half train walker coon hound and pit bull. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting mix. <laughs> I would love to see um, a picture. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll email you up one or something. That would be nice. Um, she, Yeah, she's pretty. She's cute. Um, um, my question is, it seems like her nails grow faster than her than her buddy, right. my male. Mm-hmm. It just seems like, geez, you get them cut, and when you look at them again, like, especially in the front, I'm like, oh, my gosh, do we have to get them cut again? <laughs> you know, I and that is, every dog's nails do grow differently. Some of it okay. has to do with their genetics. Are the, I assume the nails are black. No, the males. The males. Um, uh, he's a no. His are clear too. Um, oh, okay. He, he's a uh, he's your basic shepherd mix lab, oh. or he's got maybe got some lab or retriever shepherd. You know, he's you know he's that kind of dog. That kind of mix. both of them are mixed breeds. But the nails. But, he's a, but are the nails themselves good. blackish in color or whitish? Can you see? Whitish. Oh, okay, good. So, so they should. They both are. Okay, perfect. And the other thing is, so part of it is genetic. You have no control over it. The other part is their exercise. If one is exercising more on the grass and the other one's on the pavement, the pavement walking and pavement does do a really nice job kind of wearing them down naturally. Mm-hmm. That wear and t- wearing is, is probably the ideal. Um, I think it's always a sign <laughs> that that's a good sign about how healthy the nails are when they're growing. And so I don't worry about it. I, I think it's going to just more of an issue where you might have to bring um, you know, his na- him to the wherever you get his nails trimmed, or do you do it? No, I, I no, I no, I don't do it. I they get, they get groomed. No thanks. <laughs> um, um, I don't blame you. I gotta um, tell you, I, she, we, she's you know she yeah she's the one who gets has to get her nails 
trimmed, it seems like more, so I just get her groomed. The only, the only tricky part with either one of them mm-hmm. is sometimes they don't like to go into a building. And I don't uh, know if it reminds them of a shelter. They're both former rescues. I adopted them. Okay. I don't, you know, I, I, I remember one time I tried to bring him in to get groomed at this place that has doggy daycare and the grooming and all. It's like an all-in-one. Yeah. And um, there were dogs barking, and he looked at me with pleading eyes. Oh, gosh. Like, don't bring me in there. Yeah. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And I just looked at him and said, all right, buddy, we're not going to, you know, I won't do that to you. Yeah. No, and you know, I just had to get another groomer. Something about a building. So it's been tricky to, I, I mean, I'm doing it, but it's been tricky to find a groomer, you know, they'll. You they'll know. just do the nails. Yeah. So have you, um, well, I, first of all, my, I, my, I am, vet, my vet will do it, but I hate to keep bringing them back to the vet just for the nails. Okay. You know? Yeah, but I think I, I understand. I mean, and then like the pet co's and the pet stores well, of the world. That's our next thing. I, I think that they'll go willing to willingly into a store because I have okay. brought them into a store Good. where I buy my food for them. Mm-hmm. And, and they come and they come with you. Yeah, because huh? they know there's treats on almost on every counter. You know, they. Yeah, there's, there's treats a, and there's people who want to yes. like them and, you know, yes. everybody's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they, it's not the unknown. I think I would go with that route um, because. I, okay. Mark, yeah, Mark, I think. You're, That's you're, what somebody else, a friend of mine, suggested. Yeah, and they'll do it. You know, I'll see if you can make an appointment. And, um, you know, they're good at what they do. And, and you can see them. And you can see how it's being done. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what I would do. But you have to get them because then if you don't get them cut, that's when we run into problems because I've had well, broken I'm nails. Get them cut. There's no, no doubt about that. It's okay. just a matter of finding All right. there. Well, yeah. Mark, I got to tell you, you are okay. the best dog owner. You, you sound like you're so caring. You want to do the right thing. So good luck with everything. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right, it looks like we have got our news coming up, so I'm going to ask Monica, please stay on hold, and we'll be right back with more Pet Talk. Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. Uh, if I wasn't awake, I'm definitely awake after that music, which I want to thank Justin Levine for, for uh, providing uh, the music for our, what we call our bumper music. So we have a little bit of incorporation of what our topics are going to be at the same time that um, we, you know, let you know that we're coming back on the air. Uh, so I promised Monica I would not waste any more time and get to her ASAP. So Monica, are you with me? Yes, I am. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for um, holding because I do think that these these issues of of having um, you know stomach issues in cats, you're not the only one that has to deal with this, and it can be very frustrating trying to figure out what's going on. Right. So how can I help? So um, thank you so much for taking my call. I very much appreciate your service. Sure. Um, I have a, a, a kitty, Benny. He's 13 years old, male. He's my first cat. I've never had a, um, never adopted um, cat before. Um, and um, he was always around 15 pounds or so. Now he's around 9 pounds. He is under the care of a vet. And about a year ago, he started to just throw up a lot. And it wasn't just hairballs he was throwing up. So I took him um, to the doctor. Bottom line is, after many tests, he had a diagnosis more or less of either IBD or small cell lymphoma. Plus, with an ultrasound, found out that he had heart issues. Okay. So we put him on some medication, quite a few. 
Um, Budesonide he was put on um, with Serenia for his tummy, um, Chlorambacil every other day, and then for his heart issues, which I had no signs of that he had, was Atenolol and Analapril. Mm-hmm. And he was doing well on this um, up until, um, I would say, maybe about a month ago or mm-hmm. so. He just started to not feel well again and um, wasn't throwing up, but just not really interested in food. Um, went to my vet a couple weeks ago, and he was a little dehydrated. She put him on omeprazole, um, a little gabapentin, and then um, we had all the right blood tests. Everything's good. Kidneys, lungs, um, everything just seems to be good. Hmm. But these symptoms of just, you know, he's, he's not interested in food much, um, He's now having diarrhea, but I think that might be because he was put on to, I had an injection of antibiotics um, that he had to be put on. He'll eat boiled chicken for my hand. Mm. Um, so I'm just now kind of going down, um, and as a mom who's also had lots of digestive issues, familiar with budesonide, wondering if probiotics, bionomes, L-glutamine is something that I've had huge help with. Um, there's not a lot out there in the feline, you know, uh, is there anything that can help? Because I think a lot of these meds probably are not making him feel well, even though it is right. trying to help him. Right. And I assume the injection of antibiotic is the one that lasts 10 to 14 days? Yes, okay. correct. All right. And I'll be getting another ultrasound next week, actually, um, which is about a year from last year's ultrasound, just to see if there's anything else going on. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I really do commend you. You are doing everything out there that you can possibly do for Benny and doing tests like an ultrasound and echocardiograms. You know, yep. we we can't diagnose a lot of things until we go that step. And I know it's an expense. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but it oh, really... my second car payment right now. <laughs> I know. I do know. And so, so you are a good mom. And, I, and again, it's a sacrifice. I know it's a sacrifice, but the amount of information that it gives us as doctors is is invaluable and the fact that we're going to have another ultrasound to see what's going what's changed in a year is also valuable one of the things i do like probiotics um actually they they now have one that's a prebiotic and probiotic and i do like them the other thing that i like for intestinal issues is is b12 um now when uh, you- yes sorry added that every other week giving him a b12 shot Good. Sorry to interrupt. Yes, because okay. I'm I'm very familiar with what B12 can help with. Yes, and I assume that one of the blood tests did measure his folic acid and and you know. Um, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. And it wasn't it wasn't like low or anything, but it doesn't hurt because okay. he's it's going to help his intestinal lining and all that. So I know it doesn't hurt to do it and. I, by mistake, ordered a lot, so I pretty much, I can give it to him every to week or every two weeks. And, yeah, so and no Mon- issues with that. Okay, Monica, can you tell the audience how easy it is to give your cat that B12 injection? Oh, my God, so easy. Yeah. So easy. They mm-hmm. just taught me how, and it's just taking the scruff of his back, just, yep. you know, making sure you get the needle in there, and yes, it's it's wonderful. It is, and I think because whether it's giving insulin for diabetes or, or um, even fluids at home, sometimes um, I'll incorporate that into our um, treatment plan, but the B12, it's a small little needle, and they do yep. really well, and it can be so helpful. The one yep. thing I want you to ask your veterinarian, since you're going back on Next week, um, I do like uh, this newer product um, that it's called Miritaz, but I'm not sure with his medical history if they want to do that. It goes in the ear, and it's an appetite stimulant, so it's not one more thing you're putting into the stomach. Oh, 
Thank you, yeah. And it it's comes... It's called Mira. Can you spell that? M-I-R-A-T-A-Z. Okay. And and actually, we it's been out... I mean, the, it, the, the product's been out for a while. We were actually part of the clinical trials um, in our hospital a decade ago. Um, and it, we could always tell which cats were... Because it was a blind study. So we could tell... Um, of course, you know... But, uh, this is owners wanted to participate in this study because everyone was mm-hmm. looking for an appetite stimulant that they didn't have to put down their cat's throat. Um, we could tell, with, not knowing what we were giving in the ear, which cats were getting it and which weren't. They all It really does help their appetite, but... I, um, one, I tend to do a lower dose on cats that have multiple issues and it's still, they still respond very well to it. But again, I'm just arming you with the name so you can have the discussion with your veterinarian because it may not be appropriate for Benny. Yeah. And I was wondering with an appetite stimulus, so he's, he has never had a problem with food in the past up until about a year and a half ago. Always a big eater. In fact, I was, got him onto Primal, which changed everything. Um, really high quality food for a couple years, just wonderful and maintaining his weight at 15 pounds. Now I feel like I've got the opposite problem. I'm giving him anything he'll eat, fancy feast, cat junk food, I call it, um, anything that he'll eat because I'm more worried about that. Stimulating an appetite with somebody who might have um, digestive issues, I'm very familiar as a human being with that. You just don't even want to eat or put anything in your mouth because you know it's either going to come up or go out. Right. And, and so. that's why, and again, and that's where this product was m- developed for most, mostly cats. Actually, it is just for cats right now. That's what they, it's FDA approved. And um, it, it is for when they're going through this time in life when they have these illnesses. I have a lot okay. of renal or kidney failure kitty cats yeah. that, you know, their appetites are affected. Um, I'm so glad Benny's kidneys are still doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's like the perfect product at the, at the right time in my hands. And when okay. I feel that I've a Applied it, and people, my clients have been very happy. So those two things, the um, you know, again, I would go to your veterinarian, but that would be my ideas and my thoughts. And um, you are doing an incredible job. So you know, and I know that when all is said and done, and if this is your first cat, then you're mm-hmm. also talking about quality of life, and you're thinking yes. about it, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I, I ask every time: Is he in pain? Is mm-hmm. it time? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't want to put him through a lot, and especially throwing stuff down, injecting um, in his throat every day. He runs away from me because he knows I got another pill to pop. Right, right, exactly. um, Any research on glutamine, L-glutamine, or bionomes? You know, there's probably out there, but I'm not aware. Okay. And I try to stay up with a lot, and sometimes, again, it's hard to do everything, but um, so I, I don't feel comfortable uh, guiding okay. you in that direction. Good enough. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for taking my call. Very much appreciate it. And um, Mon- thank you so much for the service. You're welcome. And Monica, I'm going to be back on in a couple of weeks because we alternate with the dog trainer. Um, yeah. You know, if that ultrasound, if you want to share where where Benny is, I, w- I would love to get you back on the air in a couple of weeks, same time at between one and two. Oh, I love that. Okay. Give us I- an update. We would really appreciate it. I'm sure our listening audience would as well. And wishing you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I have to take a break, but she's doing everything. She's doing everything the right way. Um, so all of you, uh, we'll be back with more Pet Talk. Actually, it's the final 10, 15 minutes of Pet Talk, and uh, we'll see you here on WTIC.
1080. edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis. I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. I may have time for one or two more calls before the we reach two o'clock. So the phone lines um, will we'll take a quick call or two. Eight six. I'm sorry. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two or one eight hundred nine six six nine eight four two. And if you can't get to me today because we're getting near the top of the hour, um, you can always reach out at Bloomfield Animal Hospital CT dot com. And there is a little area you can click on that says contact us and that will send an email directly to me. Uh, so. We are talked about summer heat, and we talked about the fact that we how careful we have to be. One thing people don't actually realize is that some pets need sunscreen, and you know sunscreen or sunblock it can, actually can be used on cats and dogs, but it has to be a pet safe product. I would not just go into the human aisle and look at it. You know, there's some wonderful. Uh, uh, websites online for for pet products, and you can go through and see what's going on with those with those issues. But why do we have to worry about putting sunscreen on our pets? Um, you know, some of, because especially those that have very light skin or are particularly prone to being sunburned. And yes, dogs can have a sunburn, or cats they can get skin cancer. Uh, white cats in particular, we have to be very careful with, with skin cancer. And other solar-induced skin diseases, we have things called solar dermatitis, actinic keratosis. Those are the fancy names, but trust me, we see quite a bit. So if your dog's coat is shaved during the summer because you feel it will help cool them, they may need a sunscreen in, in certain areas because their hair coats are used to being longer. Additionally, pets who have suffered hair loss or what we call alopecia from allergies, surgery, or even cancer radiation, they can sometimes benefit from a sunscreen. So in pets, sunburn, how do you, can you tell? How can you tell if your animal's getting sunburn? It can, they can have, um, their skin can be very red or there's additional hair loss. And the most common sites I want you to pay attention to, especially in cats and dogs, are on the bridge of the nose their ear tips, the skin surrounding the lips, and other areas where skin pigmentation is low. Now, what's skin pigmentation? Um, most, um, most pets have sort of a darker pigmented area. You know, you see those black, cute little black noses. Most pets have those. Um, that can change. That black pigment or pigmentation can change to a pink color. It can get scaly. You have to watch, especially with certain breeds. And you know who, when I'm talking about, those of you that have seen, hey, my nose used to be, uh, my nose, <laughs> my pet's nose used to be black when they were a puppy, and now it's getting lighter and lighter. So those, that's in particular a very uh, common area that I want people to um, pay attention to. Also, when you 
bring let your pet go on their back and you look inside their legs, that groin area, many times you'll see that that part of the skin, and you can look down at the scalp, uh, that's usually lighter. So if you have a dog that likes to be outside and sunning himself, that could be a potential area where the um, the sunscreen could be needed because the hair is very thin, and usually the skin itself is a little bit thinner down there. So you have to be careful with that as well. And the best way to minimize that exposure is the same thing in pets as it is for people. Let's avoid the sun between 10 and 3 if we possibly can. And if that's not possible, that's where we can apply the sunscreen. So we want a sunscreen that's fragrance-free, non-staining, and it contains that UVA and UVB barriers, like similar to the SPF 15 or SPF 30. And the thing about why we want something that's pet safe and specifically created for pets is because one, some of them, some of the human products can be toxic of ingested, right? So what does a dog do? If you're going to put something on their nose or you're going to put something on the skin on a cat, they the first thing they're going to do is just investigate it. They're going to sniff it and probably lick it. So that's one of the reasons why we have to be very, very careful. And when you go online and you read some or you're on Facebook and you read about, well, it's okay to use a baby sunscreen. It may be safe, but just the, if we just can take the general rule of getting something, buying something for our pets that is specifically made for them, that would really, really help. The other thing, too, is you want to remember to reapply uh, throughout the day as well. And I've had some people do very, do an excellent job with doing the, you know, putting something on, on their nose um, or even those different areas, especially those ear tips where they're out. So another summer tip, sunscreen for the pets. Summarizing, you're going to go and use a product that is only particularly made for pets. Okay. Another summer thing, uh, as we, we want to be aware and nothing that you have to panic about, uh, but you know we're the insects are out and about. We get several calls at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital uh, about either a usually it's bees. <laughs> usually our dogs want to go and investigate a bee or a bee area, and you know they don't. They kind of some of them will even try to catch them. How many of you have had your pet actually bite? and swallow or put a bee, have their a bee in their mouth, and then maybe they spit it out. So bee stings and insects bites are something that we don't have to panic about, but you want to be aware. And if we're going to really kind of, if, especially if you know your dog is sensitive or, or your cat, but usually this is something we see in dog. Uh, dogs, both bees and insects and spiders can cause problems. It can cause a swelling, redness, and itchiness. And some animals can have an allergic reaction just like humans do. And you'll see these um, hives. Some of them are mild. You think, huh, is there a little swelling, you know, over the side of the head or over the eye? Usually most of the time we see these um, bites are in around the face because that's where the pet is interested. They got their head inside uh, a bush or something like that. But when you, when you know, well, whether something is mild or when it starts to get severe, uh, you, it's usually when the whole body starts to break out, when you start to see, you know, bumps along the whole body line. If there's facial swelling, um, vomiting, difficulty breathing, 
um, or even if the, obviously if they collapse, we, we've waited too long. But this doesn't happen often, but you do want to seek uh, veterinary attention if it gets to that point. If you just see your dog kind of scratching at an area and you suspect that they've been stung, um, the stinger, if you can find the stinger, that would be ideal to kind of scrape it out. Um, usually a credit card works pretty well. I have tweezers with me all the time, um, both for ticks and, and for issues like this. So the, I can always reach for a pair of tweezers easily, but a credit card works pretty well. And you want something stiff because if you can get that stinger out, that will help them. Um, and then if the if it just happened, don't, if you know it just happened and they're all flapping theirs, don't put pressure on it right away. See, you want to try to calm your pet down first. But if you just put pressure or try to, you know, um, yeah, just like slap a cloth on it, sometimes you're injecting more venom into the pet. So let it sort of calm down. You can apply cool compresses if they still seem a little bit uneasy, but yet there's no swelling. Remember, we don't have any highs. We don't have any swelling. This is just to make them, the dog comfortable at that point in time. And sometimes you can neutralize that venom by just applying a little paste mixture of baking soda and water to that sting area. So that's a little bit of home, summer home uh, tips that you can do to keep them comfortable. But again, I emphasize, and I know I'm repeating myself, but if you feel that they are swelling, especially around the face, um, they don't tend to have as severe an allergic reaction as uh, as we as people do, where it closes off you know, the, the laryngeal area, but it can happen. But whenever I see facial swelling, I'm just like, let's move on and let's call the veterinarian and let's get them in. Um, Sometimes your veterinarian will recommend something over the counter to use. Um, you can always give them a call. I don't feel comfortable recommending any human products, especially on the air. But that's um, you can always try that, or sometimes the emergency hospitals will guide you as well. So that's our little tip for the, the bee stings. And with a couple minutes left, um, oh, I know, sorry, I, I forgot this part on the, on, on the beast on the um, sunscreen. So can we switch gears just a little bit on the, the sunscreen part of it? I know there this week there was a recall on the sunscreen, some of the sunscreen sprays. This is the human. And the reason why they kind of recalled these, these sunscreens, it's not the sunscreen itself. It's the, um, there's a, it was a chemical called benzene that they were finding in this. And it's mostly the sprays. So even what I would say at this point in time just to be on the safe side, if you do look up and find some sprays for your dog that what you want to apply on your pet, let's just avoid that for now to they kind of figure out what this recall is all about and what's really affected. So there is, you know, I would rather do it in a paste or uh, put a lotion on them or they even have, especially the one for the nose, there's one that comes in, it's like a balm that you can put on the nose. But just my advice, whether it's worth anything or not, I just tend to on the side of caution, do not buy any sprays at this point in time till we have this all figured out about where this benzene is and what products in particular. Okay, I think uh, I think I've spoken enough right now. It's gonna. <laughs> I want to thank Anthony for uh, producing the show and guiding me every step of the way, which he does such a great job. Uh, I think that your calls were um, very inf- helpful, and again, we're going to be back. 
in a couple of weeks. Uh, the, the trainer will be back next week. So if you've got all those new puppies and kittens, Lori Fast can be very helpful. So thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.